Hey friends, it's Andy. Welcome to our new show, Accelerate Expresso. Look, I mean, I know you're busy, and it's hard to keep up with all six of the great episodes we publish each week. So, with this show, Accelerate Expresso, we're going to deliver highlights from each episode from the previous week. And in the process, give you short, delicious shots of insight from a show you might have missed, and to help amp you up for the coming week. Now, before we jump into it, please remember to visit iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, leave a review, please, for Accelerate. We need your feedback to ensure that we keep delivering the high levels of value you expect. Okay, let's Expresso. First up on Expresso today, from episode 476, is Corey Bray. Corey is the CEO of Closed Loop, formerly known as Career Sophia. And in our conversation, we talk about sales coaching and the new tools that are becoming available to help managers become more effective coaches. Yeah, exactly. So another point I want to make is we're not trying to remove managers from the coaching equation. I think that every company should have you know, one-on-one coaching weekly. And I also am a huge fan of having people engage with external sales consultants. So the idea is that a lot of those coaching conversations still happen. And then the data, the nouns and verbs and numbers in our system can be updated and reordered based on those conversations. And from an external consultant's perspective, one of the ways we're going to market, the, actually the primary way we're going to market, is through channel partners who are currently sales consultants. Hmm. So they've got a methodology that they're, they're helping companies put into place. They're coaching reps on what works and what doesn't. But I, I'm, I imagine you found this in your practice where it's difficult to bill sometimes if you're not in front of the room or physically present. And so we're, uh, yeah, yeah, right. If they're a sales consultant, that certainly makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to help sales consultants scale their own practices by being able to put software product, a software product into place that extends their impact to when they're not there. And um, we've got a nice little revenue sharing package put together to help make more money, you know, on a recurring revenue basis. In addition to that, on Tuesday in episode four seventy seven, I talked with Matt Bertuzzi. Matt runs sales and marketing ops at The Bridge Group and is the author of a new book, Lightning Sales Up. In our conversation, we talk about the increasing importance of sales operations role and its function in terms of reducing the friction on the operational side of sales between sales teams, sales management, and executives. In theory, I mean, inside of Salesforce, yes. Okay. The things right. the rep needs to manage their day, to manage their territory, it's my job that they can get it in one place without request, like not requesting one-off stuff, just like sure. the general, the 80% the center mass of what they need should be there. Hopefully when the rep starts, like if you're scaling a a team, Mm -hmm. you kind of know what they're going to need, how they know where's my territory. What's my, you know, how's my activity level? Where am I on the leaderboard? It's not the rep's job to build that. It's my job to build that for them. Okay. So at one level, it's like the, uh, if the sales process is the sort of, external reflection of sales, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's the sales operations process. That's sort of the internal reflection of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes from how does the data get in? What tools are used? How do quotes come out? What's the configuration tool? How does Salesforce track the whole way through? And how does the business know, you know who's, who's on top? Who's going to club? How do we do that without basically people who make more than me wasting time doing things they don't like? Like I'm, like I'm better at math than selling, so let me do the math and everybody else worry about the selling. You may actually be better at selling than many of the people selling. So, so yeah, how does then sales ops engage in the actual sales process itself? So generally, it, we, we aren't the type of people who choose the process. You know, that comes from leadership. 
but we have to understand the components and then think about the tools that align to support each. Mm-hmm. You know, at, the, at, at the easiest, it, it would be, who am I going to talk to? Where's the data going to come from? How's it going to mm-hmm. get in front of the reps? Mm-hmm. Once they have a conversation, what am I going to present? You know, where is that content from marketing or enablement? How does that get to the reps? How do they share it with the prospect? How do we know what's being used? How do we know what the prospect prefers? And then how do we quote and close? Like what all the tools, enablement pieces, we might not, we're not going to build the software. We're not going to write the enablement decks or the selling decks, but it's our job to make sure they get the right thing shows up at the right place for the right rep at the right time. Next up, episode 478 with my guest, Jeffrey Hazlett. He's the CEO of the Hazlett Group, founder and chairman of C-Suite Network, C-Suite TV, and C-Suite Advisors. Jeffrey has spent a large portion of his career in the C-Suite with companies both large and small, and we had a great conversation about how to sell into the C-Suite. I think that's a great question, you know, and we could do a whole couple of hours on just that alone, but to give you the short pieces is I find that most executives, most people selling to me, when I'm sitting in the C-Suite, they don't do their homework. They about waste you time. or the problem or all Both. of it? All yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. all of it. Uh, they just don't do their homework. They come very ill-prepared. You know, first of all, to come and ask me for it, let's, let's have a cup of coffee. What, what do you, you don't want a cup of coffee. What the hell do you want? Tell me what you want. You know, I, I don't have time. You just wasted my time. Now I'm irritated. I really don't care to talk to you because you're not telling me the things you want. Be direct. And so now that doesn't work with everyone. So first of all, you want to know me. So what type of personality am I? Because there's only four basic personality types that you're going to sell to. I mean, you could probably break down more, but mm-hmm. but by and large, I'm, I'm a driver. I only have two modes of operation. I either want to seduce you or overpower you. You know, so, you know, I'm best to use a two or three uh, option close. Two is better. Uh, but if you don't give me an option, my other option is no. So I'm going to say no. So, so you know, there's lots of ways to be able to pack it. So first of all, get to know me. Know me ahead of time without having to ask me questions. I, don't, 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 don't bore me. There's a bio. There's a Wikipedia on me. You know, go, go, go Google me. You want to buy, you know, read about me. Read my books. You know, do all those kinds of things first. Mm-hmm. Then, then second, understand the scope of which I'm operating. You know, I used to have people come to me and Jeff, I want to help you save hundreds of dollars. What are you nuts? I run a $17 billion business. You want to save me hundreds of dollars? You just cost me hundreds of dollars. You know, so, so don't do say stupid things like that. Then don't come back and then say, and, and by the way, I would write you back because I love to play this way and say, less if you're only going to save me hundreds of dollars, I'm not interested. Then they come back and say, no, I really meant thousands. Wait, dude, don't listen to me, man. You know, you know, look it up. In episode 479, I spoke with Oleg Roginski. He's the founder and CEO of People.ai, and we have an in-depth conversation about how to use data to manage sales. Make sure you check it out. The biggest challenge that we found sales managers face today is the fact that most of the decisions around managing a sales team are being made based on hunch, intuition, and very little data. And even those who manage their teams based on data typically rely on lagging indicators, such as revenue or no revenue, versus the indicators uh, leading up to, uh, to kind of closing deals and, and end of quarters. So, okay. I mean, we obviously seen this huge influx of, of sales technology coming into the, the sales business in the last uh, several years. Yeah. People.ai being, being mm-hmm. among them. Um, mm-hmm. What doesn't seem to have changed much, though, is that the, the overall performance of salespeople. I mean, if you look at, at some of the studies that come out, and we could debate 
I'm sure, over the validity mm-hmm. of some of the data. But generally, it shows that the you know roughly half of salespeople don't make quota, and business to business close rates are declining. Mm-hmm. Even though there have been this you know, relatively sizable investments in the people's sales stack and so on. So, you know, how do we how do we how do we reconcile that? Um, you're absolutely right. The sales stack has become massive. Um, look at my sales sales reps. They use five to ten tools each for all kinds of different purposes. It's very fragmented. It's poorly integrated. Uh, and one thing that we see it generates is a ton of silos in terms of data, in terms of uh, attention span of a sales rep, in terms of their workflow. Um, sales reps end up managing their sales stack more than they actually end up selling. And that's what we see there. Now, another thing we're seeing is that because there's so much fragmentation, no kind of um, unified data around what the sales reps do, the sales managers don't have any idea of what's going on in their teams. And that's the problem we set out to solve at People AI, kind of full visibility, transparency into what's happening with the sales managers or with, with the sales reps. Uh, for the sales managers and ability to positively influence um, how the process of sales is being done by the team. On Frontline Friday this week, episode 480, Bridget and I talk about the why and the how behind cold calling, about how to make cold calling work for you. I see that article or that headline or uh, blog post frequently. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, well, I think part of what, what irritates me so much is I think that the people who put it out there and those that really gravitate toward this topic are basically looking for an excuse not to cold call. You know, hey, if, if everybody says it doesn't work anymore, then why should I be doing it? And, and, and I think it, it sort of obscures a larger question, which is about, you know, if you have a responsibility for developing new business and new prospects, why would you take any option off the table? Right, because I mean, how many people are how many people are really crushing it? So let's say you know, an average sales force, maybe half the people are hitting quota and half aren't. And are the half that aren't, are they trying every single thing they can do to develop new prospects and you know fill their pipeline and so on, or have they said no? I I I'll try these things, but I won't try like cold calling. I won't try this other stuff because people say it doesn't work anymore. I, I see it a little bit differently. I don't. I, I don't want sales reps just trying sort of anything just to to get a sale. I don't want them to try just for the sake of trying. Or let's say that's that's maybe not exactly accurate. I don't want them to have a strategy, an outbound strategy that's sort of the throw the spaghetti on the wall approach. I agree. I think I think salespeople, you you need to be thoughtful mm-hmm. about. And deliberate. And deliberate about what works and what works for your customers and clients and when and where. And so to me, it's not is I don't I don't know that it it's an excuse for people who don't want a cold call. I think it's kind of a cop out. I think it can be a cop out. I think there are industries in which cold calling doesn't have the same return that it would, let's say, selling to developers, which is uh, who we sell to. Mm-hmm. 
they're not big phone users. They don't have phones on their desks. Yes, they have cell phones. It's not how they choose to communicate. I wouldn't have, that doesn't mean that the reps here don't cold call, but it does mean that as their only strategy would not be effective. It also means that doing 140 calls is not as effective as identifying, okay, within this company, um, an IT operations manager is probably more likely, just because of his role and what he's doing, to have it than, let's say, a back-end developer. Finally, last up in this week, episode 481 with Ian Moyes. He's the UK sales director at Natterbox and a cloud and social selling specialist. And we had a very interesting conversation about how to use social selling to land your next sales job. Make sure you don't miss it. And, I, and I've had people reach out to me, and do you know what? They stand out a mile because... Uh, I get a candidate or someone reaches out to me through social. They do a, a neat approach of, do you know what? I've really seen you've done that. I've followed your blogs or I've done this. They, some engagement comment or they've en- I've noticed they've engaged before. And they say, Look, I'm on the market at the moment. Um, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, I see you're connected to such and such. Could you, could you help me or could you give me any advice around that? Or I've had people just reach out to me saying, look, I've seen what you've done. Uh, I'm really into such and such and in, in, into cloud or trying to get more into it. And I'd welcome if there's any opportunity to work with you. And do you know what? It's, it's a potential candidate that's got engagement now without going through a recruiter, without going through HR. And, and they're demonstrating to me tenacity of selling. I'm not saying they're, you're not going to hire them if they've got the right background and they're not at the right level, et cetera, or you haven't got a role. But it immediately makes them different and, it, mm-hmm. and, and if there's a hundred candidates or you are about to advertise and someone's hit you sometimes it's timing and sometimes it's accidental you can differentiate yourself by doing it using social selling techniques to differentiate yourself and put you at, at least at the table if not at the top of the pile of consideration for a role that may not have been advertised yet or there isn't even a role yet but they're thinking about it um no one wants to go through the whole process. It, you know, you, you say you've done it. It's painful to do a job, do the whole process, go and see 20 people. My view is if there's a good candidate who can do the job, I don't need to go and see five more people to compare to. You get on with it because um, you may then lose the good candidate you had to start with. So being proactive, using social media to look at what's out there, putting raising your profile because you will also find opportunity comes to you. Won't be overnight, but if you do the right things on social uh, and engage and comment and do blogs, people will notice and you can build your profile. It will pay you back again and again and again. But you've got to start now. And a lot of people I speak to, both for the selling and the job side, say, yeah, but I, they, because they can't see instant gratification, right. they never start. They never start. So that's it, friends. Another excellent week of Accelerate, the world's best sales podcast. Please take 30 seconds right now. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review. I personally want to know what I can do to make this an even more valuable resource for you. For our regular listeners, I'll see you bright and early Monday morning. For everyone else, we'll see you again back here next week. Until then, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Good selling, everyone.